over the dozen years now, almost, that I've been here, I have preached uh, probably eight or ten sermons where I have used uh, things, I had some words I liked, like confirmation, affirmation, authentication, reasons to believe. It's terribly important that there be reasons to believe. Now, there are people on this earth who have no difficulty believing uh, just so that they can be believing. However, I'm not one of them. I have got to have some reasons in order to believe. And I need to have some authentication. I need to have, I need proof. I am a skeptic. And a number of you are too. And even if you're not, you need to have some reasons why you believe. Because at the very heart of my homily today, if I were going to give it a title, is that the most crucial question on the face of this whole earth is, who is Jesus Christ? He is the issue. He is not an issue. He is not one of a number of issues. He's not one of three important issues. He is the issue, and what he says is of most importance. A number of years ago, I was at, uh, in Athens, Georgia, at the University of Georgia, and a Presbyterian minister friend of mine made a comment that stuck in my head like an arrow. He said, the key issue of all of life is Jesus, that every question in the Bible ultimately has to boil down to him. What we're going to believe about the, about the Bible, what we're going to think about the Bible, what we're going to think about our faith, it has to do with Jesus. Now, the homily is on both the epistle and the gospel. St. Paul was a skeptic in a certain measure. Yes, he was, he was a, a very fervent follower of Judaism. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, but he knew that there was a need for authentication. So, in the epistle lesson today... Not only does he declare the resurrection, he doesn't just say Jesus was raised from the dead. I would not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead without some proof. I wouldn't believe it. Would you really? Yes, some of you would. I think my wife would because she has a capacity that I don't have. She's brighter than I am. I'll promise you her IQ is higher than mine. But she has an easier time believing Something goes on down inside her that makes it easier for her to believe. I don't have that. Paul knew that, and so he said, not only did he say Jesus was raised from the dead, but he says, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. That's evidence number one. Number one, according to the Scriptures. And I would love to give a series of 52 homilies on evidences from the Old Testament scriptures about Jesus Christ, because I could do 52 homilies on that without any difficulty whatsoever. Okay, I delivered to you that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That's evidence number one. Two, that he appeared to Cephas. That's Peter. Then to the twelve. That's evidence number two, three. Well, you could say, well, maybe they were fooled. Then he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time. That's evidence number four. And then to make sure that evidence is really strong, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep, that is, they've died. Now, for the skeptic, he can go to at least 512 people and have... 
testimony that they saw with their eyes Jesus Christ after he was raised from the dead. They actually saw him. Folks, that's authentication. That is, he rose according to the scriptures. He was seen by these 500 and a dozen people. Folks, this is big stuff. Now, with that in mind, what this is all about is it's a testimony to Jesus and his authenticity. That is, we can trust him. We can believe in him. Now, that leads me to the heart of the gospel lesson today. Because in the very heart of the gospel lesson, what happens? Is a certain rich man comes to Jesus. Now, follow me carefully. He says, good master, what shall I do that I may... Now, you were listening to me? Very important. You've got to hang on here. You're going to miss something. What shall I do that I may have eternal life? Right question. In fact, there's going to be four issues today. I like three-point homilies. This is four. What shall I do to... In, what shall I have? What shall I do that I may have? The verb is have. In the Greek language, it's the verb. I have. What shall I do that I may have eternal life? Right question. There is no more important question that you can ever ask in all the world than about your eternal life or about your salvation because there is no difference between your salvation and your eternal life. You need it. What's more important? Is it more important what are you going to do tomorrow morning? What are you going to do about your job? What are you going to do about your marriage? What are you going to do about your children? What are you going to do about your education? Are those more important? Uh-uh. They are important, all of them. But the most important is what about my salvation? What about my eternal life? What about it? How may I have it? Frankly, folks, you can have every other question on earth. The only one I'm really into is I want eternal life and how do I have it? Okay, that's the question. I think the rich man asked the most important question that he should ask, and he asked it of the only person on the face of God's green earth who could answer it with authority. And Jesus answered, and see, you know, it's interesting what his answer was, and I won't dwell on that a long time. He says, why do you call me good? No one's good but God, and so on. And did you, have you kept the commandments? Which ones? And Jesus says, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not, commit, you shall not steal, you shall not murder, you shall not bear false witness, honoring your father and your mother. He clo uh, quotes the first half of the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. And the, the rich man says, all these have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? And Jesus says, go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And it's interesting, you know, the church has done a great deal with this particular statement. If you would be perfect... If you would be perfect, folks, bad grammar, but I ain't perfect. I would like to be perfect, but I'm not. I even have a desire to be perfect, but when I think about it, I say, whew, I'm not going to make it. I would like to be perfect. Jesus says if you would be perfect, and even at the heart of the very monastic life of our churches, those who just really pursue perfection, they give themselves to the monastic life. But I don't want to get there today. I, I'm still after this whole issue. 
The, the, the rich man asks, the rich young ruler, that's what we call him, that's his name. What shall I do that I may have eternal life? And then this dialogue takes place between Jesus and, and the young man. And then the gospel lesson ended today with Jesus saying, you know, the disciples, they get into the discussion and the disciples when they hear Jesus answer, you know, it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than for the cam a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And there's all kinds of speculation on what that might mean. Uh, for now, just accept it. It's pretty difficult for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Okay. And the disciples were shocked. They just couldn't figure that out. So the disciples get into the dialogue, and that's what I'm particularly interested in today. When the disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? Well, if, 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 if dollars and cents can't get you there, I mean, if a rich man, this was a nice guy. He was a commandment keeper. He was not a bad man. The disciples were, were shocked. It says they were astonished. They weren't just astonished. They were greatly astonished. And Jesus looked at them. Interestingly, he looked, or I assume it's at them. And he said to them, that is to the twelve, maybe to everybody else there, with men this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Now I think when Jesus said, with men this is impossible, the whole issue of how you get saved is impossible. You'll be with me in a minute. When Jesus says with men, this is impossible. Salvation is impossible with men. Human beings just can't do it. And you're going to see the argument slowly changing here. Okay? With men, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. It's not just saving rich people. It's saving anyone. With God, all things are possible. Now, this is the part of the gospel lesson you didn't hear. You see, what happens is we only have 52 gospel lessons a year, and there's enough repetition, so I think it's 45 or something like that that we actually have, 45 different gospel lessons. But when the lectionary was done, it was assumed that all the people of God were going to read the gospels every day, and they would hear everything during the course of a year. Since you don't, I'm going to read it for you. Here's what comes immediately following what I just read, with God all things are possible. That's the end of the lesson today. Now here's what comes immediately afterward. Then Peter answered and said to him, Lo, we have left everything and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? That's a good question. That's the third one. The rich young ruler asked the question, What shall I do that I may have eternal life? That's the question. Jesus gave an answer. Then Peter asks a question, built on the other, built on the rich young ruler's question. What shall we have? See, we have left everything and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? So Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I tell you, that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. That's a pretty big deal. This is the 12. And everyone, that's not just the 12, that's you. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold now you're with me? Terribly important. And shall inherit eternal life. What did the rich young ruler ask? What shall I do that I may have 
eternal life. What did Peter say when he followed up the question? What shall we have? What did Jesus say? Shall inherit. There's a big difference between what you shall do that you may have and inherit. My children are not going to have a great inheritance because I don't have a whole lot to give them. But whatever they get, they didn't work for. An inheritance is not something that you earn. An inheritance is something that's given to you by your parents or by your great uncle or whomever. You see the, the nuance where Jesus just shifts the emphasis? What shall I do that I may have? And Jesus says, you will inherit. How do you get salvation? How do you get eternal life? You inherit it. Who's going to inherit my great fortune? I'm going to tell you who's going to inherit my great fortune. Peter. Tommy. Timmy. Gary. Dan. That's who's going to inherit mom and dad's great fortune. God bless them. My sons will inherit. Who's going to inherit eternal life? The children of God, that's who's going to inherit eternal life. But now, incredibly importantly, you know, I find folks that many people live through all of life and never take eternal life seriously. That's the big issue. That's the most important thing of all. And then you start talking about eternal life and you know what tends to come next? Well, you know, everybody has his opinion. And, you know, I think all religions are the same. Baloney! All religions are not the same. They are not even close. Mohammed did not ever tell you you would have salvation. Buddha did not ever promise salvation. Confucius did not ever promise salvation. Jesus promised salvation. Now, do you see a difference? Confucius could not give you salvation. The Tao could not give you salvation. Jesus alone said he could give you salvation. He said you could inherit it. And in our age, it is so common for people, well, you know, everybody's okay, and I believe that everything's going to work out okay. That's stupid to believe that. A moment's reflection could tell you, you're going to base your eternal life on what you think. I wouldn't bet my salvation on what I think for all the tea in China and in the Boston Harbor. I'll base my salvation on the only one on the face of this earth I can truly trust. And that's Jesus. He's the issue. He's the one who brought up the eternal life answer. The rich young ruler brought up the eternal life question. Peter brought up the question of what do we get? And Jesus said, here's what you're going to inherit. You're going to inherit eternal life. It's best to trust Jesus. Why do I trust him? Well, amongst other things, he died and was raised from the dead according to the scriptures. He was seen by Peter. He was seen by the twelve. He was seen by 500. We have some authentication. We have verification. We can trust that he is truthful. We can trust that what he said is right when he says, I am the way, the truth, 
and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. We better take him really seriously. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the way to the Father. My encouragement and my exhortation to you today in this homily is, folks, put your eternal life as your priority. Put it as your number one issue. I don't care what you give to the church. I don't care how much you serve. I don't care how many good deeds you do. I think all those are marvelous. They're great. And they're not unimportant. But they pale if you start looking at what the real issue is. What are you going to do throughout eternity? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to count on what he said. And he said he's the way to the Father. And I exhort you today as we finish this divine liturgy, make sure that he is your way and give it your attention. Give it your attention. Do what you can. You try to be perfect. Try it. Aim for it. But even that in itself isn't enough. What you need to do is inherit it. That's what it's about. So be encouraged. Make sure Jesus is your way.